Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting at gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Furious Finest, a podcast about Marvel Crisis Protocol in the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host Chris Bruffett. Chris, I am back on solid ground in Tulsa. You are, and we have barely spoken since before you left for LVO so other than a little housekeeping uh before the yeah before the show here this is all uh going to be as new to me as it is to you dear listener and i could not be more excited for that i get to be sad that i wasn't there to experience any of this but i also get to be happy that so many people had such a great weekend and uh, celebrate our game that we love and uh, that we make podcasts about and you guys listen to podcasts about. I don't know. I am <laughs> I am on my soapbox. I'm rambling, monologuing, as it were. So, Jesse, how was LVO, man? LVO was incredible. And yeah, we're going to go through all the things I did today, like things I did on the ground at LVO, and then, of course, my tournament report. And, you know, Chris, if someone's new here or maybe new to the MCP competitive scene... LVO, actually referred to as Las Vegas Open, this year was 2023, is our premier championship, essentially the North American championship of MCP. That's late January every year, and we have a one-year cycle till the next LVO. So now the new cycle has just begun of qualifiers popping up, people getting their seats for the next LVO. And the way you get a seated LVO is by winning a major qualifier, typically going 6-0, depending on the numbers of players. And then you get your seat and then you get the opportunity to participate in, you know, the LVO coming up. So our next LVO, of course, is Las Vegas Open 2024. It'll be late January again. And I'm just excited a new year started, but that's kind of like how it works. And then even if you don't win a qualifier, if you go to qualifiers and do well and get points, I mean, shout out to someone like Dennis, who got a lot of points uh, from our local area. Good friend of mine. Dennis got a lot of good points. If you get a certain amount of points towards the end of the year when they're filling the last couple seats, 
they bring the highest point people in. So even people that didn't necessarily win an event, but they did well at several events, their points add up and they get brought into the bracket as well. And then the Friday before the LVO, which just happened this past Friday, that's the last chance, last hour qualifier. You know, they have a, like literally the last day of the previous competitive year. Super fun. And they take typically the top eight, top, top 16 of that, and they get brought in as the final bits of people. So with all that in mind, that's kind of how the cycle works. And I've kind of had to learn it this year because I come from a background of FFG competitive games and they had similar system, but that you had to win a regional fully and you get your seat at Worlds and you play in Worlds. So this is a similar thing, but I really like the LVO system. We'll start there. Um, I really commend people like Tyson and Omnis who put on this event at Las Vegas Open. They kind of killed it. And it's just the culmination of the whole previous year. So since I won Lone Star Open in July, I secured my seat and I feel very privileged I got to go and play against these fine players. But that's kind of the background of what it is. And we're starting a new year now, Chris. So you and I are going to be going to some qualifiers this year and hopefully getting some points or maybe some seats for the next LVO. So I get to do this again. But even if you don't qualify, Oh my gosh, Chris, like the, the other side events at LVO, I was jealous. I couldn't play in those. They had Lexa White from the Warlocks podcast. She was running a couple side events. Um, one of them called the Gymnastics event, which was this awesome event where you could put any gym in the game and MCP on your favorite character. So that's fun. Think Cyclops with the power gym, what he's doing with yeah. that, you know, think think things like Scarlet Witch with the space gym, you know, people were having fun with that. Then there was a team event that our dear friend, Dr. D competed in. There was multiple scrambles. There was fun tournaments, just absolutely limitless. Cause I mean, we essentially had, we had over 200 players playing it given at a given time at any moment. That's so great. Such a great amount of people for, you know, a travel to event, you know, that's true. It is so hard to get to these events everywhere and i'm so jealous of uh of those that get to and happy for of those that get to you know, unfortunately i make all my money on the weekends right i, I have about a three-day scramble where <laughs> don't talk to me please 100 percent, yeah but yeah uh, this year uh i know uh, you and i have talked and we've alluded to it on the pod a few times but uh, i am committed to going to more events this year uh, we are committed to going to more events this year as a as a podcast and i'm going to do my darndest to qualify for lvo next year myself and we're going to do it and we're going to cover it on the show this year and on the after dark i think um chris's journey That's my right. journey even if i don't it's about the journey even if i don't get a seat at the uh, lvo events i will be barring anything unforeseen at lvo That's right next year <laughs> and I will be very, very excited to participate in as much as I can. Well, it's like, say one of us qualifiers and the other doesn't, Chris. I mean, it, that way we get to cover both events. We get to cover the side event and the championship simultaneous. So that will be really cool to return to, which I'm really excited about. But yeah, it's just a really cool place to be in. And yeah, other context to LVO, it's in the Rio in Las Vegas, right off, not terribly far from the Strip. And it's a older, famous hotel there. And Old Vegas is better anyway, bud. That's true. And it's nuts for us to have over 200 players there in our small game that's fairly new to exactly. the miniature gaming world because Frontline Gaming puts us on, Chris. It's thousands and thousands of people. And oh man, that Warhammer room. Oh yeah. Warhammer. Crazy. Legion. Crazy. I mean, Warhammer's AOS. not going to get touched anytime soon, but 
man, we are we're getting up there. MCP's really having. We're catching up to him. Yeah, <laughs> especially good, in our man. especially in our competitive scene too. It's like I would I would argue and say you take a cut of our our player base and it's stronger players than of course like a bigger even a bigger cut percentage wise of their player base that would equal out it's like you grab 100 of our players to maybe a thousand others out of their percentage and we've got attitudes ability to play all this we just we're like 10 out of 10 in this community we're doing we have we have a really great community and a lot of that goes i mean big shouts out to the folks running like the big tts leagues yes there are we have some very high level players sharing their secrets weekly on some on some podcasts. Yeah. This one, uh, this one being one of those, and I am not the high level <laughs> player, folks. I'll just, you know, if you haven't figured that out yet, Jesse gives you guys some absolutely insane advice from a uh, guy that thinks the game at a higher level than anyone I know. But not just that. You've got, I mean, the former world champs got a podcast. His co-hosts are very, very good. Uh, you know, there's so much, so many great content creators for this game right now that are good at the game. It's awesome. Uh, and we do a really good job at keeping it. You guys out there at these tournaments do a great job of keeping good attitudes and being friendly. I love it. Yeah, we're in a wonderful spot in the game where it's like the game's at an apex casually and competitively, and it's only getting better. Like we're getting more models, we're getting more fluctuation in the meta and our lists. Teams are getting fleshed out that need to be fleshed out. And then on top of that, as Chris said, you got the attitudes and positivity of the community that are just overwhelmingly like everywhere. Um, so in the content creation, in the like in the podcast, in the YouTube, in the blogs in the discourse and then you've got it in person so when you actually hang out with these people in real life like i got to do this weekend it's like you were already close friends online and now you're actually getting to hang out one on one and so we're going to talk about a lot about that today um we're going to go through the whole weekend stuff i experienced i'm gonna to try to give you guys kind of like a rundown of what it was like give you an idea of what elvio is like then my tournament report of games so chris i think we got to take care of some business before we do that <laughs> Fury's Finest is supported by Mr-Laser.Square.Site and DiscountGamesInc.com. Please visit either and both for all your Marvel Crisis Protocol and miniature gaming needs. Massive shout out to Mr. Laser, our primary sponsor. We got some hangs this weekend. I got to hang out with him and oh, see cool. him. Oh, cool. Brag about it, dude. Yeah, and some of his crew. And he was in the vendor hall. He was the first place I went to in the vendor hall. I'd bypass everyone else. He was doing well. He was selling trays, selling those awesome brand I'm new in. extract and secure tokens. Yes, his extract tokens and secure tokens go all the way to six to future-proof the game because I'm looking at you, Senators. It's six tokens, which we haven't had in the game till until a month ago. And he was doing well. I don't think he got to play because I think he was running the vendor hall, but he's looking forward to being... He's been at LVO many years in a row and he'll continue to do so. So definitely check out Mr. Laser for some new MCP, but also can't understate how cool his trays are his, and how convenient they are. Of course, Chris, we cannot do this show without our patrons at patreon.com slash finest. If you enjoy the show and would like to join our Discord community and kind of get peek behind the curtain and get to hang with our community, get access to our Fury's Finest Secret Wars TTS League, get more access to the painting gallery with no name. That's the way to do it. And we take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. This week, we have a very, very special shout out to Kara. Kara, thank you so much for supporting the show. So this was unplanned. Kara was actually next on the docket, which is very exciting because I got to meet Kara this weekend. Oh, she that's is- rad. 
Dr. D's partner in real life. So I got some quality hangs with Kara and Dr. D. And yeah, we really appreciate the patronage, Kara. And it was cool getting to meet you and hang out with you this weekend. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, this is what I mean, where it's like our community, like these events bring everything together, you know? It's, it's so cool. And as always, our Avenger level producers, the team that inspires Terror, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, Jason, and Puyan. You guys keep the lights on. You keep my heart beating. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, huge shout out to Dylan, Dr. D, who was at LVO this weekend, repping Defenders. But more importantly, we got some quality real life hangs. So all of our internet hangs culminated in get, actually getting to hang out in person. I got to meet a lot of his East Coast and Massachusetts crew, which was great because they were all repping. Amazing players, amazing people to hang out with. And, you know, special shout out to Dylan because uh, he was one of our Fury's finest Avengers on the ground level, you know, and I assume Adepticon is going to have even more, which is a cool thing. Pretty exciting. All right, Chris, let's move on to LVO 2023. Yes. Okay. I think what we should do here, Jesse, is I think you should take us through to getting there. Yes. Okay. Get, get us, get us there with the trip tell us how that go went and then when it's time to to march into the hall for your first game we're going to then go over your list okay and start talking nitty gritty well a little bit of uh fully transparent background you know i have a child and my wife and i have jobs and we were trying to make this trip as frugal as possible also keeping in mind boarding all the animals and getting a babysitter for our daughter this is the first time we've been away from our daughter together for this long since she's been born which is a wild thing so got all that in place and it ended up being just the most affordable safest route to leave friday it's later than i wanted to leave because you know the event's really in full force friday morning um even thursday there's stuff going on but i was like it's just how it's going to go and that's okay so we actually left around noon friday which is crazy leaving tulsa at noon but the best part of this chris is i could have left earlier and definitely got there earlier but i would have had multiple multiple flights multiple layovers just bypassed all that what flew allegiant which is great allegiant flies directly from tulsa straight to las vegas one flight no issues there um it's very helpful for someone like me who has a lot of allergies and sinus issues and real bad motion sickness anytime i can limit the amount of time i'm flying is positive for me because it's not a fun experience flying for me so that was great huge shout out to allo at a case i had some conversations with a case before i purchased a case he called me up we had a zoom call zoom meeting which was great he showed me his whole setup showed me the various cases i ended up buying the medium-sized case which i in fact didn't need it's medium is more like a large in the battle foam world in some ways not quite a battle foam large but you know what i mean like the amount you can fit in a magnetic case is more right than a foam case because sure. it's just all you're just all sheets. space no so, yeah. foam a case, of course, it costs more, but you're getting powder coated steel that TSA can't crush. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm, proud I'll try. My, I'm proud of my paint jobs. I'm really proud, even more proud of the commissions um, people like Dennis have done for me. So I got to protect this stuff. So I bought the A case. It got here from Poland. I kid you not, Chris, in four days. I don't even know how it's possible. And <laughs> assembled it really easy assembly. And yeah, this was my like personal item slash carry on and it was great because other than it going through the tsa x-ray 
my case was with me at all times the entire weekend, you know, like on the plane, it's at my feet in my hand in the airport. Like, so no models were hurt. It's great. So that's the context for the trip. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Um, and what's cool too, is I have learned that just a little tip. If you end up showing later, it is a bummer, but one minor benefit, minor benefit is TSA has already seen thousands of other dirty people go through with minis and they're, and they're less likely to search your case. Oh, uh, not to tangent too hard, but it reminds <laughs> me of uh, hearing stories about professional wrestlers carrying their championship belts oh my through TSA and just how how <laughs> freaked out and weird TSA will get. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, so <laughs> all the 40K players with their 1,000 Tyranids in a box, like they helped pave the way for my 14 models or something. They walked you know? so we could run. Yeah, yeah. So that's helpful. I've also heard it's a lot more stressful with their games because some of those big mech models are hollow and TSA... Sometimes we'll just be like, is this hollow? And they'll be like, yes. And they just destroy it. So it's like, don't tell them it's hollow, I guess. If I don't even, honestly, I don't know what's hollow and what's not in 40K. So I would just be like, I don't know. You know, I haven't paid attention to 40K in But 15, we don't have that issue years. in CP. Um, so none of our stuff is illegal or anything. And, uh, you know, my AKs had about 14 models. And then I had, you know, Chris has seen it. My cog of two token tray. I, it also has magnets on it. I had it on the bottom of the AK is completely magnetized. So that's not going anywhere. My tokens and templates and dice are in there. I of course, left my beautiful pink and purple dice at home because we're going to a primary event. So my red dice. And so, yeah, we made it there late, late afternoon, Friday. Find Omnis, which is great. He's waiting for me at the front. He was, he's like, text me. And he's like, I'm going to greet you at the front. I'm yeah, that's it's that's so the, awesome. I'm very jealous that Charles you got rules. to hang with Charles, man. Yeah, every time I get to hang with Charles with these, I'm so happy. He's one of my favorite people. And Charles is at the front. There's a massive, bigger than life size space marine on a miniatures base, <laughs> all lit tight. up, you know, at the front of this event. And we were meeting Charles because my wife Katie was volunteering at the event and he had a special volunteer band for her, which is great. So Aww. so she got a band. I went to the front to registration, told him I was here. They checked me in for MCP. They checked me in for the event. And uh, you know, they give you your band. Uh shout out to Frontline Gaming. These are cool, like like plastic bands that have LVO carved into it, you know. Of course, being MCP, we were the furthest haul away from the front. <laughs> so all the way, it's almost like a spiral. Uh, the event would spiral. So you went through the front, immediately 40K is in a massive room with a grand stage. Uh, you keep going around in this almost like a, a, a U shape, really. And there's just halls everywhere, vendors, different games, small game systems. I mean, I found a small room that was Batman miniatures, you know. Legion's got their room with X Wing and Armada. We got everything, you know, Blood Bowl infinity the list goes on and on and on and mcp was essentially the last room in the u shape so you could you could only get to it one way you just go all the way around you know and you'd be at that last room and man we had a good showing i was gonna say that's good make sure everybody sees the mp mcp folks just strolling confidently <laughs> yeah. with smiles on their faces through the lobby oh i saw so many malekiths on people's trays and i saw so many people stopping people like what is this yep. model you know so yep. good so we get there and i start seeing everybody of course at this point the last chance qualifiers well underway they're two or three rounds under you know because it's been going on since the morning and professional casuals there streaming dylan meets me there which is great and so i'm meeting all these different people and i'm watching these high level games played at the last chance qualifier because you know chris like i didn't have the time for this but a lot of the high caliber players that went to the weekend in fact most of them all still played the last chance qualifier you know iron sharpens the iron right oh yeah i would have too man that'd be so much fun like Just getting five or six rounds like the day before the primary event like that that yeah, gets the rust just, off 
I, I didn't have that. That knocks all the rust off. It keeps all of those new crisis cards fresh in your mind. Yes. As well as you get a taste of uh, kind of what people are thinking. We had This is the first event post. Very true. Massive, massive change. So, and I know we've all been talking about the crisis cards on these podcasts. And yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been TTSing them and whatnot, but there's no substitute for live in stereo games in person in a hall because you can be testing whatever on TTS against whoever, That's whenever. True. That's true. But this is this is for real, man. The lights are on. You know what I'm saying? No, 100%. Real tables. And, you know, shout out to Tyson who did all the tables for this event. Absolutely insane. Everything was painted. Uh, Frontline Gaming provided all the maps. They were all marked. Sick. With the new crisis numbers, you know. Um, all the deployment zones were marked. I mean, there's just like no messing that up, you know. like Another accuracy. reason that MCP is is just taking off, I think, is we have a very passionate community that is that likes doing things all the way. We like. That's true. I mean, I'm kind of a gray lord sometimes uh, for the most part right now, but that's changing slowly but surely. Yep. Uh, but for the most part, we like to keep it thematic. And at these big events, we like them painted and we like it to look good and make it easy to play. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm riding a high. I'm sorry. No, 100%. I'm glad you mentioned the gray lord thing and everything because LVO is the world championship for North America. And it's like, Fully painted models and bases is required. It's 100% required. You can't play without it. So that element too, we got fully painted tables, frontline gaming mats, which I think are the best that are marked for the event professionally. And then everyone's, every single models are painted and bases are painted. So it's like, it is the highest level MCP in every aspect, more than just competitive. But I mean, it's like the highest level of experiencing the game in a lot of ways too, because everyone's held to a certain standard. That's great because, you know, it's not like, your painting has to be perfect. It's just your models and bases have to be fully painted. And it's really cool to go right. to a tournament like that where everyone's done that. And in fact, people have gone the extra mile because they know it's LVO. They're instead of maybe painting new models, they're going back to their models in their list, adding detail. You know what I mean? They're really exactly, you know, man. like getting it right. And there was a painting competition too. And oh my gosh, Chris, the, the models in that painting oh, competition. I can. I can only imagine I, man, I, ugh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so that's kind of setting the stage for the event. Of course, Friday, the event ended and a bunch of people that made the top cut of that event got brought in that didn't have seats, which I think is so cool. And of course, all these other players that had seats that still played, they got to play mm-hmm. five competitive rounds of MCP with their list, you know, and get ready for the next day. And that was very apparent because some of the people that did very well the next day did very well in the final qualifier you know that already had seats like you know we know how they are we know what people they are they're out there and yeah i would have probably played in that if i got in early but i also was in a different state for this trip chris and you know you know this but the listeners don't know this i mean life has been chaotic these last several months and outside of the fury's finest secret wars league which ended in early december right when the crisis changes were showing up you and I have not really had much time to play. Um, a lot of our local no. tournaments and local game nights have just completely fallen through, unfortunately. Well, it's been brutal. It's been absolutely brutal for like just relaxation state because it's been a really stressful time of the year. And MCP is a great equalizer for me. But on top of that, it was like it was a double loss for me because I was looking to get reps on top of relaxing and it just didn't happen. And so I'm going to this event with a different mindset. I'm going in, okay, it's fine. I'm coming in late and 
practice is not going to happen. I'm just going to play my best. And unfortunately, practice didn't happen very much on the road to LVO since these crisis changes. Because yeah, I had a lot of practice up to Warfare Weekend, but the game has changed dramatically since November. <laughs> it's right? changed a ton. And of course, I'm on a different list than I was at Warfare Weekend. I was I switched from Shield back to X Men. Man, maybe maybe premature, huh? Definitely. Um, we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll get, get to that, that later. later. And part of that is, you know, I think I said this on my interview with the professional casual because I did jump on their stream day two. Uh, well, actually day one because it was Saturday is day one technically. And I said, Charles would disown me if I didn't play X-Men. He told me that. So because I did win Lone Star Open 6-0 with X-Men and Charles wanted to see me perform with a similar list at LVO and I totally get it. But yeah, Chris is kind of alluding to this was not a good X-Men meta and some other elements were in in the water, which is very cool. So Friday night, um, I get to hang with the lovely Dr. D and Kara and some other people that we met along the way and just had a fun night um, kind of off the strip, not on the strip, which is great. <laughs> and um, got some hangs, got to do some cool stuff. I got to go to an art museum, which is a very... Uh, Something that was high on my list. I got to go Where'd to. What'd you go to? Did you get to go to Meow Wolf? I got to go to Meow Wolf, uh, the nice. Vegas, the Vegas edition. And now I'm even more jealous. We could do a whole episode on Meow Wolf, and so I won't do that. But anytime you're in a city with one of Meow Wolf's art installations, go. Just go. Um, it seems pricey. You read their tickets, but it's not because we go. realize it's a collaboration of over 300 artists, artists and engineers, I will I will say, because there's a lot of engineering that goes into elements in these museums. A museum is selling it short or art, in, art installation is selling it short. It's an experiential thing. It's a fully immersive art installation that's almost like playing a sandbox video game where it's you walk around. Yeah, the one in Vegas is is very video gamey. Yeah, it's Omega Mart, which is almost like uh, Dylan went with me and Dylan gave a astute description of it he said it reminds him of like in the market in the mall in the dead rising video game way back in the day oh that's awesome you know and it's like because you start out in omega mart which is this kind of surrealism market and then you realize that there's other places in the market that lead to other worlds other installations things like that without giving anything away i would look up nothing and just go but yeah it was cool we got to go to area 15 which is a arts and kind of music district that's where omega mart is Highly recommended. And I'm actually really happy that I did that instead of practicing MCP. And, you know, the full disclosure here is on that night, Omnis had come up with this new feature on Longshanks of a bracket. And the second that we're getting to Area 15, I'm like, I got to lock my list, guys. I got to put it into Longshanks before the cutoff. I put it in. I make a last couple ditch decisions. It was breaking Dylan, which is hilarious. He was like, wait, have you played Pyro? I was like, no, I haven't played Pyro yet, but he's going in. <laughs> and he's Pyro's plug and play. You know exactly what he's there for. Yeah. None of his none of his rules are, are so wild that, that you don't know exactly what you need to do with him. Yeah, and I I I learned a lot with Pyro this weekend, a lot of mistakes and oh, a lot sure. of positive things I did. But I threw in Pyro and I'll just talk my list now because we're literally at the odd world Let's bar at Area 15, and I'm locking this with Dylan. So my list is Storm Beast Domino. X-23, Red Guardian, Pyro. Notice I have all my threes together and I followed with my my three formula from Lonestar Open. I've got six threes so I can run six three wide at 18. It's a very fun thing. It's a good mm. place for X-Men to be. Interesting. Closing on my list, I have Logan. Logan the Wolverine to be. Of course, because we have to correct ourselves now because we said Logan for so long. But of course, new Logan, Rhino and Rogue putting me putting me at three, four threats, which was unheard of in the previous year of MCP. But I think that has changed now. I was, I, I was surprised to see Rogue in there, honestly. 
Um, yeah. I know, I know that she was extremely strong when she came out. She's more niche now. I do not think in any way, shape or form that she is a bad model. She has a very defined role in this game. Yes. And I like that. And hindsight's 2020. I probably yeah. could have cut her for. I would have expected to see Colossus from you. Right. Some uh, other even models. With, even with the Rhino include. Full transparency. Colossus did not get 100% painted before the end of the trip. So ah. he got cut. But he also got cut for this list. He got cut for this style of list because closing out my list, my final model was Red Skull Master of Hydra. And I said I came with like 14 models or so, right, Chris? Well, models are coming in and out on my in my brain on the plane ride because you know once again we haven't gotten to play in weeks so i, I didn't get to really try some of this it's stuff all theoretical for you at this yeah, point yeah right. rhino was all auto lock because i knew what i wanted to do with him in golds and then to make matters even better on top of that i reached out to dylan and asked if i could do a commission with him for rhino and he did a rhino commission for me so he's a way better painter than any of us Turns out Dr. D can can uh, grip it and rip it, man. And he ripped it. I think he ripped Rhino in two nights or something. And that's, what an that's incredible awesome. job. Big ups, Dylan. And so I was like, well, I'm playing Rhino no matter what because Dylan's going to knock it out of the park. And I have a plan for him in this new version of gold. Logan was locked 100%. Beast, Domino, Storm, X-23 were auto locks. And Domino to take on the big characters, you know, Beast and 23, the way I always play them in my style, they can't, they can't be removed. They just can't. So then it was like, what are my flex threes? So these are the models like I had with me. I had Lizard with me. And honestly, I think Lizard would have been better than Red Guardian, but I had Red Guardian and then Pyro. Pyro's there for one purpose and one purpose only, Chris. It's firewalls on those big characters. When you put Root yeah. and Slow on a Thanos, you're putting Root and Slow on even something like a Hulk. I know Hulk's not being slowed, but he's being rooted. Malekith. He's been very high on my my thoughts for that very reason. Yeah. So yeah. So absolutely shout out to Dennis. He um he knocked out my pyro at the 11th hour, I think a couple hours before I got on a plane. Man, I'm excited to get a game in with Dennis soon. Absolutely. I'm very excited. So I landed on Red Skull and it was tough because I the extra models I had with me, I had Honey Badger and she honestly was in my list and I just changed her last second back to Rogue. Yeah. Back to Rogue. And I also had Maw with me, who we all know is a, a fan favorite of mine, but also, you know, I think Maw very well easily could have been this Red Skull spot and I might have been in a better spot, but I'll talk about my Red Skull plan in a minute. I also had Cable and Gene with me. They could have been in the spot. Also, Rogue could have been dropped for a second five threat for me to have the flexibility of oh, I'm going attrition, Red Skull, or I'm going yeah. more kind of a control with Cable or Gene, you know? Gene is scary right now with no defensive tech. Yeah, yeah. She's literally just there to help you counter Thanos. Yeah. she. I mean, she's good, but it's she's a little risky. Right. She doesn't quite pull her threat, certainly in most matchups, but the matchup she pulls her threat yeah. is is clutch. So my thinking was, well, what have I played in the last several months a lot? And it's Red Skull. So he's staying in. And Rogue was just one of those things. I was doing some math in my head and I was like, you know what? There's going to be a match or two. I might want to run three fours and see how that goes. And Rogue will help me stay affiliated there. So I kept her. And you know, in that match, it would enable me to play Rhino as well, right? Stay affiliated. So that's what I was thinking. Um, my text cards are first class to me, my X-Men and my two restricteds were sacrifice and brace. Nothing's changed. I played those all years. My two restricteds. I really love them. Love them in shield, love them in X-Men, love them in other lists. Continuing. I had fallback and mission objective as my two generic cards, only two generic cards. Cause the card strain is real in X-Men right now. And then I had exceptional healing for my healing factor, dad and daughter duo. And then I had pyrotechnics for 
pyro to make people drop tokens if i was on a narrow map and then i had this is a robbery from rhino of course and then i had comrades keeper for red guardian closing out i had my secures and extracts my secures are the basic x-men gold secures i think that are currently in the game i abused madmen spider portals and sword base and then for my extracts i had the new ppp paranoia which i think x-men's very good at um i had hammers which is, you know, give or take, X-Men's good at, but all you could also play something in this spot like cubes or spider people. It's up to your play style. And then I closed out with the new scrolls. Now, a couple holes in my list starting out right at the top. I played Paranoia once and I never played the new scrolls, but conceptually, I, I definitely knew exactly what I was going to do on the new scrolls and that ends up working out. But there's several new crises, Chris, that are in the game that I had not played before this tournament. And that's what kind of what yeah, I was worried about. That is tough. And they're going to come up Especially with my not being able to, to get there at the, for the scrambles and yes, and yes. The last chance tournament, which yeah. And that, that la- is landing is. and have to play crises that are literally new to you is it's a stressful thing, but overall I'm really happy with my list. A lot of people didn't know what to do with it because it's essentially X-Men gold with a slight red pivot. It's not an X-Men Red list by any means because X-Men Red, you even want to choose attrition crises, you know, and you want to bring Colossus and I just didn't have the room. So I was like, I'm going to play gold. And then if an attrition player puts me on attrition secures, I have the option to play Red Skull. That was my thinking. And um, I really like that plan. And I'm going to stick with this plan going forward because we're going to talk about some games coming up and how that Great. worked out. So it's Saturday. It's Saturday morning. Registration was at 9 a.m., which was kind of nice. It's later than other tournaments I've been to. And dice dice were rolling at 10 a.m. I want to tell you something about this tournament, Chris, that Charles did that I think is absolutely incredible. I know it was, it was about, there was mixed response to this. And I'll see what your take is on this. So they decided they wanted all six rounds of the tournament over two days rather than being like four, one day, two, one day. First of all, perfect. That's great. Let's, let's start there. That was That was great. And I think most people agreed that was the way to go. Because this high level of games, you play three, it's going to feel like five in another tournament. <laughs> yeah, or man. six Or six. So <laughs> let's just start there. But Charles and Tyson did something a little unusual that I've never seen at a major event like this. And I really liked it. But it's been mixed reviews um, from some other people. They decided in order to make the day exactly on time, which I really appreciate, and to give people a respite and no issues, especially if their game goes to clock or time, rather than being like, okay, we got two hours, like a normal tournament, it's like you give two hours and that includes setup, hour and a half clocks going to the max, tear down and kind of set up at the next game, right? And the next round is going to start in two hours no matter what. And sometimes you get taken to the clock and you, you can't even run to the restroom, you know, or run to get a snack. Charles and Tyson allocated for an extra hour between games so if your game got done super early not great i guess because you're kind of antsy impatient yeah but if your game goes to the last hour you essentially when your game gets done you have like 50 minutes or so to go to the restroom get something to eat be back they also allocated for this because the professional casual network was there and charles wanted a live coverage which they have on their stream you can watch live coverage now both days on twitch or on their youtube page and he wanted players to do interviews and people were doing interviews and that was working out really well so it enabled a lot of things but it did stretch out the day more but what it did that was absolutely best is no matter what we knew exactly when the next round would start and it would start at that time on the dot. Does that make sense? So it's like, yeah, I, okay. Yeah. So there's pros and cons, right? My immediate, my immediate off the cuff take from this is that extra hour. I'm a fast player. Same. Obviously everyone's slower at this event though, right? Everyone's slower at this event because at an event like this, you're going to be playing slower than you would normally. Yes. But, 
potentially having like an hour and a half between matches for my little ADHD narrow butt to get into trouble and uh, just go off on whatever tangent, that's terrifying. But (laughs) I also know that if I know what time I need to be somewhere, I'm always 15 minutes early. Exactly. So I see where it could be slightly annoying having to wait between games that long. But overall, this sounds very good because something that could actually really propel MCP forward. And I get you and I will talk more about this on After Dark, mm, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. And uh, I would love to patch uh, Charles in uh, to this conversation Ooh, at some idea. point is coverage. Yes. I do not know of any tabletop games that do great coverage uh, as far as like for people to watch during tournaments like this. So. If that is a if that is a riddle we can start to solve, I think that could go a long way for the game. No, absolutely. And I think this is the best feature we've had yet. I think this is the best idea yet. So it's yeah, it's very, it. very clever, very clever of Charles to to factor in for that for that coverage. As much of a minor annoyance as it can be for some players, I think for the greater good of MCP, it's a very uh very, very smart move no absolutely so case in point an example of my weekend it was like dice were rolling at 10 so at 9 50 you were told where your table was and to go start setting up right and you had 10 minutes to set up until clock started they started like clockwork quite literally at 10 i like all of this yeah even if you weren't done with deployment or turn zero yet that's fine your clock has started uh your clock has started which was a little bit stressful round one because we didn't quite know that but after that everyone was doing it and then, so my round one is starting at 10, which I'm about to get into. And I knew for certain, without a doubt, round two, we would be getting pairings at 1250 and round two, it's dice roll at one. You know what I mean? So that was a huge benefit to me. Something Charles and I talked about later in the weekend, day two, the gaps did feel longer because people that dropped and want to do stuff in Vegas weren't there. So the gaps felt longer at that point. Day one, I did not feel the gaps at all. Um, I think day one, it was very helpful. So it can be oiled. The machine can be oiled and run as better, but I think this is the best coverage we've had yet. And like I said, after round one, this game I'm about to go through, I did get on the Professional Casual Network. I did an interview with them. I had time to do that without any worry. You know, like it was That's great. That's rad. So I love it. And I think it'll be refined in the future. And I think Charles and Tyson will always be remembered as the people that pioneered this at major events. Well, we'll make sure that happens. Yeah. Stays that way. Yeah. We will remind the community over and over again. Um, so don't let any other game systems steal the idea. Yes. Yeah, so maybe in the future, maybe it'll be shaved down to 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Sure. But, but this idea I think is pretty solid because even if a game goes way over, no one else is going to be punished that next round starting at the given time. So it's got pros and cons. Of course, if everyone's fast all the time, this is a huge detriment, but that's just not the case. You know? <laughs> right. But that's never going to be that way. So yeah. uh, we'll see how that goes going forward. But yeah, round one, rewinding a little bit, they I saw that bracket Friday night before I went to Meow Wolf and just looked it over briefly. You could see who you're playing round one and you could see the bracket continuing and potentially you'd play round two because you know Isn't how brackets neat? work. It was really neat. I think it caused a lot of stress and anxiety for some of the super high level players that want to sure, analyze because everything. because they weren't used to it. But... But once you now that you know we've got a we've got a year to to get into it, mm-hmm. you know now we can start doing bracketology breakdowns for next year's LVO. Oh, hundred percent. And I think if I was in a better headspace, more practice, and got to Vegas earlier, I probably would have you know 
grabbed a glass of wine and looked at the bracket and maybe looked at what I could potentially play and kind of mentally prepare for that. But I just, I literally looked at who I was paired against round one and who I might be paired against round two, because that was the bracket right above me as sports brackets work. And I did not even look at their list. I just looked at their player names and I was like, oh no, I know all three of those players and they're all great. Oh boy. <laughs> so round one, I was paired against Amon. And Amon and I really bonded this weekend. We had some great hangs, and I'll probably that's get awesome. That a little I love bit later. to hear that. But I met Amon at Lone Star Open. He is a local to Houston. He drove up to Dallas, and he was a CS player at Lone Star Open that did very well. But he didn't make the cut for day two, and he had a lot of discussions with me and Puyon the first night about why I like X Men and and like thematically, and then their play style. And he said he was a huge X Men fan, and he'd never dipped into them and he was curious and he asked basically if he could watch all my games in the top cut and Lone Star open the next day. And I said, absolutely. He's not, he's not going to bother you or make you nervous or anything. I said, no, you can watch all my games. So he watched all my games in the top cut the next day. That's awesome. After he left Lone Star open, apparently he got the X-Men buck. Nice. Welcome, my friend. Right. So he played X-Men a lot of the rest of the year. He has gorgeous models painted by the amazing Jonathan Ho online. And unfortunately, there was 13 X-Men at the tournament. And Charles and Tyson made it where none of them were paired round one, except the math worked out where one X-Men pair had Someone to be had paired. to be, yeah. And that was me and Amon, which really sucks because that means one of us is going to be knocked out of winning the whole thing and you know removing an x-men from the potential to get further up right so so i'm going to omega mart and i see him playing mod i'm like oh no like we're we're friends <laughs> this is terrible <laughs> this is terrible like we really bonded at at dallas and it was like man Okay. And apparently it it ruined Amon's night because he was telling me <laughs> that he was relaxed, he was ready, and he said, oh, no. he said, all I want to do is not be paired up against Vodka Blitz, Simon, who's an incredible X-Men player, or Jesse, round one. Out of all the X-Men players, he's like, that's all I don't want to be paired up against. Because he knew us, and he knows the, time of the, the stuff we talk about in the community for X-Men. I mean, Simon does so much for the community. And unfortunately, it happened. So we were paired round one. Scrolls and sword is what we ended up playing on because we're X-Men and we had similar objectives, right? So it's like it's like pulling from my own deck. This is the new scrolls and the new sword. So you've got the new sword, which is the B-shape squished in, really tight square. And then you got the new scrolls, which is a diamond shape squished in, right? So my list ended up being Storm, Logan, Rhino, Domino, Beast, and X-23, because I chose 20 threat because I lost the role. And then Amon ended up choosing Storm, Rhino, Sam Wilson, Rogue, Beast, X-23. So you see the differences. I had Rhino, he had Rogue. I had Domino, he had Sam. And, you know, full disclosure, I've got Amon's list here. I'd say Amon's X-Men was a little bit more refined, a little bit more meta than mine. Amon's list was Beast, Domino, X-23, Storm, Rogue, Logan. This is where his is a little bit more meta refined than mine. He had Juggernaut, Rhino, Sam Wilson, and Mystique with Deception. So he just had a really strong, mm -hmm. strong list. And um, I knew that going in, that my list was a little bit weirder than his. But I think me choosing 20 helped me get where I wanted to go in this game. And I was thinking, I'm bringing Domino to do more damage. I'm bringing Rhino for more mobility. Rogue is the more durable piece in some ways. Um, Rhino's pretty durable too. But it's like, I wanted... Um, Rogue brings some durability and control, but I just wanted Rhino. I my goal in this game, Chris, was I wanted Rhino, Logan, and Beast placing every time they attacked, getting on different sword bases, flipping them, going again, flipping another yep. sword base, and just do what I do with secures. Just continually 
keep pressure on the secures, which is my playstyle. And Sally won Lone Star Open. So the game starts pretty simply. Uh, we both pick up our scrolls. We pick. We both pick up our back scroll, and we pick up a side scroll. Um, he picks up a side scroll with Sam, which I think is very cool. We all flub our scroll rolls, so we all get pulled short by our scrolls. I'm like, it's gonna be one of those games, okay? So I pick up the the left flank scroll with Laura. She fails it. She gets pulled in. He pulls up the right yeah. flank scroll with Sam. Gets pulled fails in. It. Gets yeah. pulled in. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls his middle scroll with rogue and i pull my middle scroll with domino they get failed but of course the middle ones are safer because they're more like squished and hammers yes so at this point i'm like oh man he just served up sam on a platter to me to logan because i had logan over there logan moves he attacks Scary. Sam, does no damage i'm like okay this is no. the game we're gonna have okay this is gonna be interesting and then laura he he couldn't get to laura and you know spoiler alert, the rest of this game laura is off in the blue zone because he's sending her away with the sword base and you know but we play the game out i essentially just keep pressure on the sword bases the whole time i keep more pressure on the sword bases than he does and we keep extract parity you know that's essentially like we keep a scroll each basically because of course sam not taking any damage top around two he just double moves sam back to the deployment zone so i'm like i'm never probably getting that scroll again which is a very smart play and I've kind of got Domino in the middle of the table in the thick of it. And I've got literally Logan and Rhino on one side of the map, like different sides of the map, pressuring the sword bases, you know, with that's the, nice. Cause when they attack, they place, you know, Rhino and Logan, both. And essentially I'm doing the thing that I like to do where I maybe a little bit more aggressive than other X-Men players. They like to just tick up the clock, but I just keep, I, I keep flipping his sword bases and he's, he feels so much pressure that he can't go into flip mine. He's got to deal with my people on his, you know what I mean? Got it. Why would he dive into mine? So that makes the game play out with me scoring 16 and Amon scoring nine. Cause I'm essentially winning the sword base, almost all the sword bases or all the sword bases every turn. And with that, I'm, pushing laura kenny his laura kenny who doesn't have an extract pushing her in the corner every time um you know keep in mind my laura kenny she didn't do any damage this game because he pushed her one time with the sword base and then i got her back and she's essentially just camping on my back sword base holding an extract so she's scoring me too right all yeah she's she's you're getting value out of her but you're not getting (laughs) she's not doing the job you want her to do no meanwhile logan is diving doing no damage to anyone oh god but he's still placing and still flipping sword bases you know what i mean so it's like, it's a reframing of your brain. You've got to not be upset by the dice. But Rhino, man, he did so much work this game. He ended up doing a robbery on Rogue, getting getting her extracts. So finally, I have, I'm up on extracts and just keeping pressure on those sword bases. So I take it 16 to 9, like I said. And, you know, uh, me and Amon, after the game, he we talk about everything, which is great. We talk through everything. That's play. awesome. Love that. He's like, is there anything I could have done differently here, here, here? We talk about it. And he goes on to like do really well the rest of his day. So that's awesome. In fact, shout out to Amon, who's my my bro and my you know, my friend now. We've been friends since Dallas. And, you know, of course we bonded more on this trip because we hang out after the events. And Amon ended up getting third best X-Men in the entire tournament by the end, out of 13 of that us. That is nice. Yeah. So shout out to him. He's repping X-Men out there in the world. So I go and do my interview on the professional casual. You can go watch that at this point for a little bit of context. Like it's almost like a a bonus to the podcast. 
They interviewed me about game one. They asked me about what am I most scared to see the weekend? And I said, meta brotherhood and meta guardians with Thanos is honestly what I'm sure. most scared of. Those are what those are what we you and I talked about right before you got on the plane. I got a last minute rep. Our dear patron, one absolute Matt played some meta guardians against me um, the last week. Um, so that was nice to see Thanos and the meta guardians in action. But yeah, I, that's what I told them. Of course, my round two is determined by a game that goes that goes for some time that is Chewie from the Danger Room versus Ryan Farmer from Strike Better. I'm going to play one of them. I'm going to play one of them. <laughs> Congratulations on your win. Yeah, so my the sweat is already... <laughs> you, get to, you get to play these absolute killers. <laughs> Two guys from the two most competitive podcast, two of the most competitive mm-hmm. podcasts out there. Farmer is a dear friend of mine. We go back to Star Wars days and uh, Star Wars content creation days, and I know he, <laughs> I know he's one of the greatest WebWare players in the world, and I know Chewie's one of the best Brotherhood like Spider Foes players in the world. I'm like, well, we'll see how this goes. So Chewie ends up taking Farmer, so I get paired up against Chewie, which is already we're we're in a tough spot. That had to be an awesome game. It was uh, sort of awesome. Um, this is a game I get pretty schooled in in some ways but we'll talk about his list of course it's anthony to me but the community knows him as chewy so anthony's list was brotherhood with all the good stuff magneto toe juggernaut rogue pyro mystique apex Sabretooth, lizard hulk malekith what do you know and it turns out this is the same list that mike deluca was running because they had they had been working on these lists for a couple months and refining them perfectly on the danger room and they all showed up in force a couple of them with this list Interesting. Terrifying about this list is if you get forced on attrition, they're probably going to win with mags and apex predator saber. Yeah. And if they get forced on objective, they're just going to beat you with mystique and juggernaut. That's honestly on objective based missions. And you know, the irony of this is you can go back and look, look at the professional schedule screen. They're like, what's the thing you don't want to play in the most this weekend of the X-Men? I said senators number one, cause I've had time to practice it. Meta brotherhood and senators. And yeah. uh, what'd you get? And it was senators. And of course I was like, if I pull spider portals or sword against brotherhood, it's not going to be great. He'd probably play mags on sword, especially, but you know what? I'll bring Red Skull. We'll go to town. We'll do it. Yeah, <laughs> but, baby. But Mutant Madman was my fear that if we pull that, I'm in big trouble because he's just going to go Mystique. You know, pay to flips that are super wide. Sure. He's going to dominate with Juggernaut anything he wants. And Chewie kind of looks at me and I was like 18 or 19 threat. And he kind of looks at me and kind of winks at me where he's like, he's like 19. Oh, no. Because we, we all know, all the competitive players in the community, I feel like know that X-Men are a force on 18, especially you have six three threats like I do. I can go all wide. And Brotherhood are a four on 19 x-men just hate 19 so uh, aspiring x-men's out there just try to stay away from 19 thread as much as you can or f- be the one that finds that one model that makes yes. all the math work yes so these are the list chris which is it is what it is so i end up bringing pyro because i'm thinking if, if he brings mags or malekith i have to firewall i have to have a piece to firewall them because yes, i can't kill absolutely. them absolutely but i have to slow them down so I'll, i'm like i'm playing pyro this game no matter what also I was thinking the senators with pyrotechnics is really good make them people drop senators. So I ended up playing Storm, Logan. Again, I play Logan every game this weekend. Spoiler alert. X-23, Domino, Beast, and Pyro. Chewie ends up playing possibly the most terrifying list I've ever seen on this matchup setup. Mystique, Toad, Juggernaut, Lizard, Hulk. Yeah, man. I'm not hurting him. He's getting all the objectives. Yeah. He's flipping all the pay to flip. Who do you even want to hurt? Who, who <laughs> on that team do you even want to throw attacks into? Um, the, the only safe, spins, I guess. Yeah, but he's not going to do that. No. So no, it's like it. it's like maybe Lizard, I guess, is the best option. But That's the route I get. You're, 
and you're not, but you're not going to like take him off the table easily. No. Interesting. Oh, especially if your man, guys aren't kind. Chewy. Just bringing it, man. You mad lad. Mad lad. Just bringing it. So my inexperience on senators absolutely shown on this game because I think I picked up too many of them. I think I would have just oh, not picked yeah, up yeah, that yeah. many. And I'm, I've got a real problem with that. If, if there are objectives to be taken, I will take them without any care for rounds two, three, or four. But the Senators, you can only move one time. And I've learned post this event, some great discussions with other X-Men players and post this game, which is a great learning experience for me, that as an X-Men player, you just don't want to pick them up because our biggest strength is movement and the storm hop and movement shenanigans. And without that, what do we have? You know, models that don't really hit hard, that aren't even really that tanky, that work together as a team well, but it's like... Well, you have auto cover. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Chewie wasn't playing <laughs> cover this just, game. You guys are just whining. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Sarcasm yeah. hard there, listener. So what's cool about Chewie's list, yeah, it's a terrifying grouping of models under Mystique Leadership. What actually makes this list so powerful on Senators is every model in this list, except Lizard, has a way like to displace enemy models, has a way to hop or move themselves without taking a movement, right? So that gets around the Senator issue because they can move. Like Toad can move, hop. Juggernaut can move move slide hulk can move gamma leap right so you're not affected by the lack of double movement right in the game because the senators only move one time this makes their round one incredibly powerful because they can they can get stuff without being stuck there you know what i mean stuck in the middle of the board uh toad's yeah. got his tongue he can grab a senator you know and then of course you add in the fact that mystique's leadership they're not losing senator power they're not losing madman power you know what i mean so it's just like super first class it's actually better than x-men because it's like there's six senators and there's four madman traps it's 10 things to first class you know what i mean yeah uh which is super cool also keep in mind that mystique's leadership is first class for everyone including lizard and hulk who are not i love mystique's leadership yeah it's it's nuts i think it's so nuts it's nuts um and i think this weekend has proved that so end up yes. chewy ends up getting a major lead round one because he gets more senators. Some things go wrong where Juggernaut slides and punches Storm and she just rolls no blanks and she dies round one. And it happens. It happens. It 100% happens. And the game from that point is, oh, Chewie does an amazing meta player thing. I make sure all my models holding senators are within two of each other so they don't get deceptioned. So he just goes to the side of the board and deceptions beast off a trap and flips it, you know, on my side, on the aggressive trap. He does the double move, you know? Yeah. Um, so he ends up hey, getting hey, a good a, player. Sometimes you just got to take what's given hundred um, percent. So he ends up getting a substantial lead round one. And then that carries him through the game because I do bring it back. I do get, I, I keep, I just keep pressure on the traps. I do a really good job with the traps, but I can never get the senators. Cause what do you know? Juggernaut has a senator. Lizard has a senator. Hulk has yeah. a senator. How do I get Tough. how do I get off those guys? You know? And maybe I just bring Rhino this game for the robbery, you know? Pyro ended up not doing much this game because he kind of Pyro's in the mid and Chewie just kind of dissipates to the sides, does not give Rhino a range of influence. Um, I do firewall Mystique, really gives me a lot of momentum in the game. Mystique being slow and and her building mm. explosion costing one more is really nice. Yep. Yep. But yeah, I just got extremely outplayed on Senators. Um, and I was most scared to see Brotherhood on Senators this weekend, and I certainly saw it um against a danger room member, no doubt. And uh <laughs> I paid for it, which is great. Uh so Chewie ends up taking the game 17-13. So, you know, I end up, you know, scoring well, which is my forte. When I lose games, I try to score well. Yeah. It's it, my it's my it's, go-to. It's a really great habit to be in. But 
Chewy just it's like that that small gap every round he had it and the, the the clock's just ticking up you know what I mean so and it's all because of that powerful round one he had where he scored higher on me because the rest of the game I kind of kept parity but round one he scored the bigger score on me it's kind of like what X Men does to other people you know what I mean one hundred percent you you got hoisted by your own petard my friend hundred percent so it was really good and um what more could I ask for there you know it's pretty awesome turn of events so chewy ends up taking that so now i know i can't win the championship but i can do well and hopefully place very high and that's my intention uh, no intention is to drop under any circumstances so i play nope. round three of day one it's pretty cool i play a player called cameron talbert and cameron is playing chris a very interesting and scary list so cameron's list was also x-men so i had another x-men mirror okay which i feel good about i feel good about x-men mirrors personally sure but when I saw his list, I was like, wait a second. So he was running <laughs> Storm, X-23, Logan, Magic, Toad, Rogue. Love the Magic include. Of course. Um, she was actually one of the models I brought with me that didn't make it in. And I kind of regret it. She's pretty good on Senators. She's good. His last couple picks get really scary really quickly. He has Dr. Voodoo, Hulk, Red Skull, Master of Hydra, and Malekith. Oh, my goodness. So he was playing like it was an X-Men Red. But he was playing hyper attrition X Men with also meta picks like Voodoo to do other stuff. So I'm like, wow. we're going to see what we pull that's here. Cool. And yeah, I'm that's gonna have cool. to guess: is he playing Hulk? Is he playing Malkith? Or is he playing Red Skull? Because I think, I think what this list tells me is that he's planning on delivering a scary model with Stormhop. That's that's what it tells mm-hmm. me when I mm-hmm. see this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, which ones is it going to be? It's going to be Malkith, Hulk, or Red Skull? We pull paranoia and deadly meteors so deadly he wins priority he gets deadly meteors which is you know i don't get my secures and we pull paranoia so i choose 17 threat i choose 17 threat and my list ends up being a list that i end up liking a lot chris by the end of this week and i play this list a lot storm rogue interesting storm logan x23 domino and rhino and i like that i've got like that seems nice rhino and logan that can just like get where they want to be cause disruption while the rest of my team's hopefully winning the extracts and kind of keep yeah, the distance you know because those are two two four threats that demand attention from True. whatever their highest threat is and they're diving uh, into you just, yeah yeah because they're they're diving into you and even though they're a four threat they have the capacity to just absolutely wreck you if you don't deal with them and that's yeah that's that's uh, you know that's kind of what I've been on lately on this podcast is less models that people can ignore. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I didn't talk about it in round two, but um, Logan at this point is out of two games he's dealt like two damage. I've had a bad yeah. Logan run. Uh, the Chewy game, Logan did no damage. That's not what I needed. I needed Logan because to- you don't use these red dice. You always forsake them for your fancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. for your you fancy see. purple dice, and they're taking it out on you for 100%. being. For being uh, maligned and and rejected. So despite Logan not performing for me, he performed well game one because he flipped he flipped sword bases, but he didn't do damage. And game two, he did not not perform at all. He just he got he got stuck. I was like, I'm still playing Logan in game three because we are playing deadly meteors, Chris, and they can't hurt you. And you can healing factor, and we know how much I love the healing factor characters on deadly meteors. Keep in mind, this brand new deadly meteors I haven't played yet. It's where the sea ship got turned so the back meteor is oh, closer I love to it you. so much it's so good um in fact i think it's you know it's just as good for x-men as it was before i think but obviously cameron had this and this was his thing so cameron's list ends up being storm x-23 logan malekith oh my and he's gonna want to keep priority with that and that's why he went <laughs> one lower and um 
you know, this game is a, a pretty nuts one. He grabs the middle meteor with X-23 and the paranoia. He grabs a side meteor with Logan. I grab a side meteor opposite side with Logan. And we just hold our late picks. He holds Malkith as long as possible, and I hold Domino as long as possible. I end up round one, moving Domino up. I incinerate X-23 on the mid-meteor, and I prep her oh, for round nice. two. You know, And I'm that's like, nice. I'm going to just lay into her um i play storm pretty safe and yeah this this game is uh it's a pretty simple game i end up getting a lot of the paranoia very quickly i i, I ignore malekith i attack his models with the paranoia as i take them and i keep the meteors flipped and you know the luck also helps me because malekith has a couple subpar attacks which always helps i yeah. also it helps even more when you're kiting Malekith. So if you like move away from him and then he has to charge to get to you and then he has like an average or subpar attack, which definitely happened to Cameron in this game, it's extra tough because he chased you off the secures. So I do that to Malekith a couple times. He chases me off the secures. Meanwhile, Rhino is just tanking a lot of Malekith's attacks. You know what I mean? And he's basically buying me time. He's a big old slab. Yeah. Yeah. So he's buying me time in the game. Rhino's just stampeding between meteors, flipping them, you know? Yep. Like, it's so good. And um, Logan shows up this game. So the one game he shows up my man, is the game I'm already in the extract lead. And he ends up killing the other Logan on the other side of the map and moving to the middle and, and attacking his storm and stuff. So I end up, um, this ended up just being more of a attrition game. So there's less to talk about on that front. And, um, cause I had extract lead for some time and this was a big win for me. I ended up taking this game 19 to six. That's solid win. Solid win. Yeah. I just kept the meteors flipped and weathered the Malekith storm and, you know, late game, most of his models were defeated and Malekith's untouched cause I didn't attack him. You know, and Malekith can only do so much at that point. So exactly that worked out. And that was the end of day one. And so I'm sitting two one in day one. My only loss to Chewy. I feel, I feel great. And, um, yeah, it was, it was a, you know, a ch- more chill night. So ended up, um, Saturday night deciding to just not stay out late, not be crazy, not, you know, not do anything like that. Proud of you, man. That is really hard to do on a, a, a primary cons, night. Uh, Especially when you're on, you know, when you're looking to have a good day the next day competitively, it's really hard to say, I'm sorry, fellas, I got to go to sleep. I only see you guys four or five times a year, but I have to go to sleep. Yeah. And like the casino started getting really packed at this time, the, the arena yeah, itself. I that. And I wanted to kind of get away from like, you're in a con all day and all the noise and all the chaos. Mm-hmm. And then you're, then you're in a casino and all the noise and the chaos. And, you know, I have asthma and yeah. a, a severe like allergy to smoke so of course there's smoke everywhere too and i'm like i just need to like get out of the hotel for a bit uh, maybe pick up some food for me and katie and then just call an early night you know and that's what i ended up doing because sure. i was getting this point really sick from all the smoke did some bonding with amon which was great and some mike deluca bonding uh, at the Heck end of the yeah, day man. you know and some hope he heard my hope he heard me call him out <laughs> On the house party protocol. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And some uh, some cool talks with Charles and Doctor D and Kara and some other members of the community. Like uh, the rest of the Danger Room were there. Uh, Chewy and Douglas. Yeah, it's just I ended up picking up some takeout authentic like Taiwanese food for me and my wife. Oh, dude, you know the food options there. I just it was nuts. 
beyond jealous. I'd like just to be able to DoorDash there for a couple nights would be incredible. That's true. Yeah. And so I, I ended up picking up food, bringing it back to the hotel. And um, Katie was also recovering from the day because I hadn't talked about Katie's day yet. But Katie ended up being, you know, she's a volunteer for the MCP room. Oh, yeah. And she ended up helping Lexa run the side gym event throughout the day. What's so funny, Chris, is like Katie was talking to me about this. She was like, didn't really do much. And it's like Tyson, Charles, and Lexa had this event on lock. And it was like, much help was not needed. Much help was That's not incredible. needed. That's you incredible. Know? What's cool is like her main job was to be there in case crisis hits you know, or something needs to be done quickly. So the gym event went really well, and um, but she was feeling worn out from the day too because all that volume and, and that hundreds yeah, of people. Yeah, and you've got to be room. social and you're a lot of people you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So she ended up going home. That's why I went and got the takeout and I brought it back. And um, yeah, so we got to bed a reasonable time of the night, 10 o'clock or so great. Charles also mentioned that day two is going to start earlier to benefit people with early flights in the evening. So I was like, this is the time to do it, right? Um, day two is starting. Registrations at eight. Games start at nine, day two instead of 10. So an hour difference, but notable. So I ended up resting a lot. We start day two and I play a player named Gray. That was his Longshanks name. And his list was absolutely terrifying, Chris. <laughs> so his list was called Shadowland Murder Kitty, and his list was Shadowlands, Matt Murdock, Domino, Mystique, Hood, Bucky, Bullseye, Black Cat, Killmonger, Modok, Malekith. Every wow. model on that list is terrifying except Black Cat, and she's terrifying in her own right to steal, right? Yes, I was going to say different ways, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a tough matchup, especially if he wins priority because he's going to pick one of his attrition secures and yep he won priority he got his secure he got intrusions which i think was possibly my worst pull because everything's on the midline right everything's on the midline Dodgeball. I, pulled, I pulled paranoia which also is scary for me because that objective can deal damage to you when you pick up the paranoia people mm. and so that's getting his attrition more online we ended up playing 19 threat which i picked and that was definitely my mistake i should have picked um lower threat um, the 16 from paranoia, but I didn't pick the lower threat from paranoia because in my head I was thinking, well, his list is called Shadowland Daredevil Murder Kitty. Malekith just dominates lower threats. Just absolutely dominates lower threats. Sure. There's 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 no way you can stop him, essentially, unless you have a plan. So I was like, I'll go higher and you know, he'll play Malekith and me higher can handle Malekith better. Well, that's what shocked me. He ended up not playing Malekith. So everything's out the window that I was planning for. So I ended up yeah. playing Storm, Logan, Beast, X-23, Domino, Pyro. Once again, you see that Pyro for that high threat model. That's mm -hmm. only for Malekith. I don't think Pyro is very good in the rest of this list, but I had to bring him because of that. I was considering Rhino, but the threat level just didn't quite work out. I would have had to drop Logan, and I think I needed Logan for the intrusions. Um, Gray ended up playing... Shadowlands and his ninjas, Hood, Mystique, Killmonger, Domino, Bullseye. And I was just completely thrown for a loop because he went super wide. Maximum income of fire, right? Is what he went. Oh, yeah. And he's got, he can spread out the damage types too. Yeah. And he can pick up the paranoias easily. Mm -hmm. He can also win the intrusions. Great and, list. And uh, he plays this list so well. He was very well practiced. I had not very played against cool. Shadowland in a long time. And that showed. And, you know, to give you an idea how this game went, Chris, like this is also a no Logan damage game, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, the game I really needed him to do damage because Domino and Logan are my damage in this. The rest of my team is not that. And it was one of those tough games where he got off like he got a deception on Logan round one, did some damage with Killmonger 
in round one. Logan's out by the end of round one, like dazed. And I'm like, this is already going downhill. Top of round two, he ends up going with Mystique and Killmonger, doing follow me, doing like the double activation, killing multiple models. Logan's just gone now. And that's kind of the rest of the game went. It's his attrition was really awesome. Mine comes back, which is nice. Um, Laura does some stuff on some side points, stays with some models. A couple times we had some issues in our game because we forgot like we forgot like at one point Logan days and a paranoia was supposed to come out, didn't come out. So we had to run. Yeah. We, we couldn't run the game back, but we also couldn't like, you know what I mean? So we just kind of left it on the ground, which also made both of us confused because we we'd gone like two activations since. Oh yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And um, that's, that's tough. And you can't go through the portals with a with a paranoia yep. person. So it's like very weird. So I, we like, we both got a little flustered from that, but like it, not an issue it's just it happens uh, especially when you've gaming the first day was just such a mental and physical tax but um i score well in this game but his attrition is just so ahead there was a point in the end of the game where it's like he's almost tabled me with models i've killed some of his models too but it's like shadowlands is just gonna when they kill when they get up on kills they're gonna be up you know what i mean even when you start killing their models and i was all just miscalculation my point thinking he was gonna play mal and playing a mal plan and especially because i did so well into mal previous day right with that plan of like going wider than mal weathering him while you score out and that didn't work out against shadowlands because he had so many attacks so many re-rolls so much good stuff um shadowlands domino definitely beats x-men domino (laughs) and you know it's just it's just like boom 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 so i ended up the game ends up ending 17 to 12 and he did also get an usurp off so that put him at like 17 you know so it's like that is Man, Killmonger is still good, people. Yeah, and I made a critical error in this game. I should have just said, you know what? There's a chance he goes wide Shadowlands, and if that's the case, I should have been thinking that way, and I wasn't. I was fixated on Malekith too much. And I should have just said, hey, we're playing Intrusions. This is why I brought Red Skull, right? We're playing a non-pay-to-flip that's that's attrition-y, right? That's a slow-scoring thing. I should have just brought Red Skull. We should have had a dice off. You know what I mean? And yeah, that was a maybe, huge maybe miscalculation. So. Huge miscalculation, my point. Maybe, maybe kind of done. Yeah, maybe kind of done like the 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 Red Skull, Red Guardian plan. Yeah, and he said honestly, after our game, he was like, I was terrified you're gonna bring Red Skull. And he was thinking the same thing as me. He just he he won the turn zero where it's like, I was thinking he's gonna play Malekith, and I I I went tech against that. And he was thinking, well. If he brings Red Skull and I went this wide, I'm going to be punished because Red Skull's going to be deleting two models a turn because they're kind of squishy yeah. wide models, right? And I just didn't do it. And um, also, shout out to him and his ninjas because he's, I'm like, he's like, you're going to talk about this in the cast, right? And I was like, I will. And uh, I, I said, I'm going to shout out your ninjas who dealt 10 damage in the game. So his ninjas were just <gasps> murdering things, which is great. So ended up scoring a lot late game because Beast was doing his thing and throwing people off points and stuff, but could not sure. beat the attrition and cannot be just, just couldn't bring it all the way back could not beat this guy's level of reps with shadowlands it was very apparent and um dude big ups gray absolutely got beat really well by a really great player so closing out um the next game was round five against matt alix who is one of the best web warrior players in north america and i knew this going in because he is a local from dr d's meta him being from Dr. D's meta, I was told by Kara and Dr. D that he was one of the greatest players on the entire East Coast. So I knew this going into this Uh-oh. game, and I knew he was one of the highest ranked Web Warrior players in the world. And we played, and I was like, well, I got to win priority because he's going to take away my pay to flips. 
<laughs> he won priority and he <laughs> pulled his extremist consoles. So that's the D shape, which my boys love that wide spread because their movement. And I Absolutely. pulled my hammers. We ended up playing 18 threat and Uh-oh. lessons were learned from last game, Chris. I said, you know what? Yeah. You know what? We're not playing pay to flips. It is very wide, but we're playing hammers and we're playing extremists. I know what I'm doing. I'm playing Red Skull. I'm doing it. My man. And listener at home, the reason I say that is with Red Skull, if you know how to play him really well and you storm hop him right every turn, the map is so spread on the D shape that he will win a side. Absolutely. And he will eventually make his way to the mid or something. And even to make it worse for wear, he will win a side and the extremist consoles, he can heal himself. And his Red Skull's biggest weakness is he's a fragile glass cannon. And also, Chris... It's gross to say, but it's a true fact. His Hydra Grunts can use the Extremist Console to heal him as well. That's cool. It's like Red Skull with Healing Factor 2 for the cost of two power every turn, right? Well, one's free power, right? Because the Hydras don't pay. Bingo. So my plan was play Red Skull and let him place his Miles and Ghost Spider before I place Red Skull. So my list was Storm, Beast, Domino, Logan, Red Skull. My thoughts were Red Skull's going to dominate a flank, Logan's going to dominate a flank, and Domino, Beast, and Storm are going to be team players and score points. He ended up choosing Miles, Ghost Spider, Black Cat, Amazing Spider-Man, and Rhino. That's a terrifying Web Warrior team. That's that's awesome, dude. <laughs> it's so awesome. I waited for him to place Miles and Ghost Spider, and that's the flank I chose mm-hmm. to go with Red Skull. Because if you're playing a Warrior player and they're really good, if you can remove Gwen or Miles from the game early, you potentially just win against the Web Warrior player. Because essentially, the longer the game goes on with Miles or Gwen in the game, they just do all the Web Warrior things they want to do. Yeah, they they just incremental value, but they're they're kind of they take a second to get rolling. It's true because yeah, and Gwen's incremental hard to value. Incremental value is a is a late game thing. Yeah, and I've always heard like all the great Web Warriors play say like if you lose Gwen early, you've probably lost the game because as Chris is talking about, the longer the game goes on, the more power Gwen has. She's lifesavering. She's pushing people away. She's doing her spenders, which exactly. are great. She's double attacking and moving. She's doing all the things she wants to do. But if she's removed early, you miss a crucial piece of your Web Warrior puzzle. So this game uh, is pretty simple. Logan goes on a flank. Red Skull and his grunts go on a flank. Storm and Domino stay in the middle. Storm actually this game stayed on the back extremist all game, passing all of her turns scoring that's the kind of storm player i was when i was playing x-men all the time it's correct usually i've gotten more aggressive with storm as as the years have gone on but um this game her role was to keep my hop online because if i lose my hop red skull loses a lot of his efficacy right and um round one i hop red skull off the grunts like i always i move up the grunts short i i hop red skull off the grunts and matt immediately goes oh wow i've never seen the player (laughs) hop red skull off his own grunts they always hop him off something else Yep, it's it's a it's a funny little thing you do that uh, really caught me by surprise the first time you did it too. So round one, I end up having Gwen dazed because I double tap with Red Skull and Gwen. My goodness! And top of round two, I remove Gwen and I damage Miles. You know, with Red Skull, and it's like it's going to be one of those games. Now, meanwhile, Peter and Rhino are like are are tussling with with um with logan on the side of the map you know and they're doing well um beast ends up going to help logan because i need more support over there logan eventually is by his back d you know i, I just make my way up i hop yep. and i just yep. throw yep. logan yep. in the fray because i know now he has to focus on logan and red skull and that's a losing battle it's like what do you do you know what i mean is it coming from both sides yeah you at that point you're hoping for a spike in your dice to try to bridge the gap and get yourself within striking distance to 
potentially win. You're, yes. you're just looking to hope to be able to get close to being able to win at that point. Because like Logan's like in Black Cat's face because she's on the back D, and it's yep. like that's a problem. And you know, I'm doing the thing on the right flank now that I love to do in games, as Chris knows, where it's like Beast is getting really beat up by Rhino, but he's barely hanging on. So that extremist is nullified by the two of them, and one's a three threat and one's a four threat, right? Yeah, he's good at doing that. Beast is good at doing that, and uh, you just spending all his power to use the extremist console and to reroll yep. your defenses, right? And I'm not giving Rhino power, actually. I'm just not because you're not hitting him, yeah, or you're not hitting him hard. Not even hitting him sometimes, just passing my actions. It's a really weird game. I played half my team super cagey, not doing anything, and I played half my team super aggressive. You know, <laughs> that's not great into a Webberry player because it's like it's hard for them to know. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but we, me and Matt, talk after the game. The best thing for him to do would have been to rotate away from me and said he was trying to fight me. And you know, amazing Peter does tons of damage. He's great. He, yeah. That is one of the my top models I have yet to get to play with that mm. that I really would like to. But the problem is, is he he tried to win his points rather than rotate. He's yeah, just better I, at rotating than me. He just is. I have that problem too. Unknown when to rotate. That's so tough. we're into like round three, and Miles and Miles and Gwen are gone. I leave the grunts on that side D just to score it the rest of the game. And now Red sure. Skulls, now Red Skull and Logan are on his D, just Man. fully caving in. You know, Red Skull's nice, dude. Yeah, and it's a really gross situation because on top of like him being not ready for my round one with red skull i got good dice on red skull that's just how it is like i was getting that you know red skull does that average of three to seven damage like four to seven damage every time he attacks i was getting that average of five or six every time you know and it's like what do you like what do you do against that you know um you rotate you know and he chose to stay and fight and then i'm getting good dice on red skull on top of that Logan did a bunch of damage this game because he ended up flipping Logan with with Amazing Spider-Man and Logan finally woke up and was ready to damage yeah. in my tournament. That'll tornado happen. Claw, Tornado Claw. I mean, you got Logan Tornado Claw and you got Red Skull coming in from the side, lightning punching you. And um, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. And we talked after the game because he's an extremely good player. His win rate is nuts and he, he's a web warrior master. And he's like, he's like, I think I just got fixed on Logan. He's like, I should have just rotated Amazing Spider-Man and like beat, beaten up on Storm on your back point. I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. Like there's nothing I could do about that. Storm would be gone. The hop would be gone. You know, uh, Red Skull can only be so fast, you know, to catch his models. So it was my experiment that I went to the tournament and it worked out in spades. Like the whole, like I'm not playing full red, but I'm not playing full gold either. Playing a little, yeah. Yeah. Half and half. And that ended up working because I didn't bring a bodyguard this game, Chris, because it was a web warrior player. I'm like, no, if he wants to damage Red Skull, that's okay. He can do it if he wants, but then Red Skull's going to be fed on power, you know? And the extremist console is just nuts. The healing on Red Skull. So shout out to Matt. He was one of my favorite opponents of the entire weekend. Um, he played really well. I ended up taking this game 22 to 6 just because like there was so much scoring in the later rounds of the game, you know? Sure. Because I was hey, look, I was picking that, up that happens and as well. Not only does that happen, but your list is kind of designed to to snowball like that. And and that's the way you play. So it is part of the way you, I play too. Yeah, you've definitely thrown down some wallopings like that on me, but the game was actually closer than it sounds. So right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Now Matt played well. He's just he he just got fixated on my models when, you know, next time he's like, I'll rotate and it's a completely different game. So yeah, I mean, into the game, uh Red Skull had four hammers. That's disgusting. And he did a ten dice just, lightning punch. Yeah. You know, nothing you, there's nothing you nothing can do that about will that. not die to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because Logan had a bunch of hammers that he'd taken from Black Hat 7. He 
Logan died for the cause, you know? And it was tornado, like tornado claws with hammers, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gross. It's like Logan. And it's like, well, Logan, you died for the cause. Red Skull, pick him up, you know? Yeah. So that was my fifth game. So at this point, I'm three and two. It feels pretty good. And my two losses were to really two really great players and that I scored well. So I'm, I'm happy going around six. Either whatever happens, happens. Um, so I ended up playing Will Thompson, who was a Wakandan player. He was actually a guy that I saw at Warfare Weekend and talked to at one point, which is awesome. Oh, that's cool. So he's a seasoned qualifier player for sure. Um, we ended up pulling Mutant Madman and Montessi. And I'm like, once again, I'm like, of course I pulled Mutant Madman against the Wakanda player. Like the one that like they can handle it was like kind of the brotherhood situation again. i'm like okay well i gotta play a little differently than i did that brotherhood game you know i've got to be up on the extracts because he's going to be putting we're going to be probably equal on me and madman every time if not he might even flip yeah. back sometimes i did have priorities so i did the storm hop off of beast with storm i pick up the middle montessi and i back up and he's like i was afraid you're gonna do that <laughs> and i pick up my back montessi <laughs> so i ended up scoring up a couple points round one because I end up having two traps. I take one of his traps aggressively and then I have two Montessi. But then round two, he swings it back in a big way. And this is one of those games, it's really hard to quantify because there were so many moments. Uh, this is a really good tight game. There was a time where I was up on a huge point swing and then Killmonger dazes two models, gets usurped with the thrown off, picks up extracts, and then he has a huge swing in points. You know what I mean? Yep. There's a turn where it's like his toad just in, does spender on beast and one shots beast. You know, like it's like it happens. Yeah, it's like Toad Spender's deceptively good. The too. acid spit, yeah, yeah. But I ended up controlling his Black Panther this game a lot, and I'll talk about our list. My list was Storm Beast Logan Rhino Rogue. So it happened, Chris. The three fours, it happened. It happened. My thinking was, I, I'm curious. It's in- interesting here to me that yeah. you did not run the six three. X twenty three uh, rounds five or six. You went from you went from X twenty three every game, yeah. To by true. the end of the tournament, she's out of the list. Yeah, and it's weird because those first two games she didn't really do anything but hold extracts, and that third game she played well into Shadowlands. But my thinking with this is, um, I was playing against Web Warriors and Wakanda, which are control factions, and twenty three is just going to be pushed all around by web lines and Wakanda pushes, yeah. And she's not going to do much. Um, so my thinking was, I'm going to do something that I've been theorizing for a while. My triple fours, beast, and I'm going to play objective better than him, and I'm going to tank better than him. All the damage coming in, and I'm just going to win on tanking through his attacks and then being up on an extract. Try to try to tank through the the killmonger uh, burst. Tried. Wasn't working this game. His Killmonger was <laughs> was on a roll, which was awesome. But yeah, it ended up being interesting because I was like, I ended up doing robbery on his mystique and taking the third Montesi. But then that round, he's like, well, what if Killmonger just like killed a bunch of stuff and took the traps, you know? So it was interesting. Um, it's the most passive I played Logan all day. I played Logan on my back, Madman, kept him there all game, mainly to the very end of the game. I ended up pushing up on his end up pushing up on his traps on the left side had my whole team over there kind of rhino going where he needed to be but storm beast rogue were on the left side kind of just holding down those traps and holding uh-huh, on those extracts uh-huh. you know it's funny as a game i didn't hop very well because i was really spaced out and i had i had most of the game i had most of the montessis like i had two you know so it's like hopping is not an option and but it was a crazy game i mean killmonger by the end of the game had dazed dazed or ko'd like like four models maybe four or five models just absolutely absurd his kill count tokens were like covering the card on the bottom so shuri koi and killmonger on that side with logan so in a weird way logan's taking the focus of all that you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of threat that's um that's nine threat on one side he ends up pivoting and things change differently but 
Yeah, my only game with Rogue of the Weekend, Chris, and she held an extract all game. That huge point swing turn that he got with Killmonger and he picked up those extracts made the game go to 15 instead of 16. So we went another round. So that was good on him. Interesting. And yeah. we went one more round, but you know, he, he's like, I'm making it go another round. He's like, you probably just have it this round because it's a swing back with all the models that were dazed by Killmonger. And he's like, you'll get the extract stuff, but we got to play it out. We played it out. Uh, it was a long game. His clock actually went to zero when he took his last action. He's like, I'm going to pay to flip this and the clock went to zero. But Oh, and I also didn't tell you, his list is all the Wakandans with Toad, Mystique, Juggernaut, Winter Soldier, Pyro, Thanos. So he's just got like the most maximized Wakanda you can have, really. A double gem Thanos, too, which is really cool. Uh, so I was kind of scared about that, but I was like, you know what? Just just play your game and you know do it. And so I ended up taking this last game 20 to 15 and uh yeah close it was, it was good yeah like i was in the driver's seat all game but he was always doing things to bring it back in a big way at the end of a round so it didn't score out you know what i mean so it was like he always was doing the perfect things at the end of a round to not make the game end and i cannot understand how powerful of a ability that is as a competitive player you know to like keep the game going yes because keep in mind he was back on the back foot all game because i had two montessi had one right what I've learned from this tournament, and I think it's something we all knew, but it's like Mystique maybe is too good. <laughs> and I've made a mistake not playing her. She would have helped me in a lot of ways. And a lot of the good X-Men players brought her. She just has everything. She just has everything. She and, has everything. And Deception is still broken. I, I really hope Absolutely. they They got to do some stuff to Deception. It's got to at least be during her turn. It just has to. It just has to. The fact that she can do it on one of your mo- other models turns just makes it. And same with Juggernaut. His card's the same way. And you can tell yes. AMG's future-proof stuff because robbery on Rhino says, if it is Rhino's turn and you are within range one of an enemy model, you may steal from them. And it's like, okay, Mystique and Juggernaut's, Juggernaut's throw, Mystique's deception, just say, do it whenever. <laughs> it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And Rhino also, I love that range one restriction of Rhino's. I think it does make robbery powerful, but fair. I think they're, they're figuring out how to rein in the asset yeah. stealing and dropping they're, they're figuring it out and it's good and i i think it'll it'll all get cleaned up this year for and sure it's cool because our game i i went five wide with that storm beast logan rhino rogue and he went five wide panther shuri okoye killmonger mystique and so it was like it was just back and forth back and forth back and forth sure what a great way to end the weekend so i ended up going four and two i ended up placing 17th overall of the ended up being 64 players uh because that's, that's the seats awesome they had. man and congratulations I, and i got second best x-men player at the tournament our dear friend now because i've hung out with him in person finally after all this hangs but from the montreal shark tank vodka blitz simon jerry who also you know helped pioneer x-men red as well he got best x-men at the event going four and two he placed top eight which is incredible so it feels good to be like you know under the top 20 second best x-men player and um Go four and two, you know? And I was talking with DeLuca after this event, Chris, and Mike ends up going five and one. His only loss being to the champion, Vincent, who brought shields. And I'm sure we'll talk more about Vincent's list in the future because it had... Yeah, we're going to have to. This episode's going super long, my man. Um, Vincent's list is very similar to my shield list. Uh, It's just wide shield. And he ends up taking the whole thing wide shield, which is awesome. And Mike was like, tell me after this event, we were hanging out. Mike's like, listen, man. He's like, if you go in three, three... 
at LVO, he's like, that's like going 6-0 at, at a qualifier, honestly. And a lot like, cause he's like the level of play is just insane. This is the creme of the creme is like, what are you saying? This is the top cut for a reason, right? Yeah. It's, it's like getting, it's like getting out of the NBA regular season and yes. going into the playoffs. It's yes, the, the level playoffs. of play goes up. It right. The, the, uh, every decision is a little bit more calculated and a little bit more thought out and you have more information. It's just, it, it, the level of play is just very high. No, absolutely. And this is not discrediting anybody like who's won a regional, absolutely well, not. who's won a qualifier, but it's like, if you even play at LVO and maybe lose most of your games, it's like just even being there and playing at that level. And the fact that you got a seat, it's just unbelievable. So I feel very um, yeah, dude. blessed and lucky both where it's like things went certain ways for me that helped me and hurt me that let me get four and two period. You know what I mean? I'm happy about four and two I'm happy about both my games that I lost being close and score. And I'm happy about how those players did the rest of the day. You know, um, I think Chewie ends up going four and two in the event, which is great. Yeah. The finals was shield versus Avengers slash brotherhood, you know, and it was nice to see the Avengers brotherhood top dogs be dethroned by shield by the dark horse, you know? Yeah, it is awesome. I'm yeah. very curious to see how, how many shield lists we start seeing around? No, absolutely, Chris. It's 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 a, it's a cool thing, and I'm happy. I'm, I'm into it. Uh, I will not be if we start seeing a ton of them because yeah, they are tough to play against sometimes. But we just won't see a ton of them. We just it, no the nature they're, of their action. They're pretty big brain. And but I'm happy. Like you can look at our previous year of content and how much I was talking shield strategy and how to play them and and uh, touting them. They were my favorite thing I did of last year, honestly, um, after winning. Impressive. Cool. Yeah. So, and I'm getting, of course I'm been telling Chris for some time. It's so funny. You know, it's like, I was like the second X-Men, this LVO is over. This is all pre LVO getting right back on shield, you know, especially with Jessica, coming. Mm-hmm. In, you know, I've been talking about it and excited about it. So that's good. Well, uh, a little teaser, you know, as we wrap this up, Jesse, a little teaser for our after dark series. I think I'm about to switch factions too. And okay. I think you don't know I don't. what it is yet. I'm pretty set on it at this point, just through the through this the recording of this podcast and talking about LVO actually kind of okay. set me on it. And uh we will be discussing that in the next after dark, as well as <laughs> probably some some nitty gritties yeah, and LVO things stuff. from L- from LVO. Yeah, for sure. I said a light bulb moment. I think I know what it is, but I'll tell you an after dark. <gasps> A light bulb. Oh, I hope you're right. I hope you get it. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, but yeah, that was the end of the final day. Of course, Vincent was the winner. He's the only person with 6-0. And we had a cool big content creator kind of dinner the Sunday with people who were left. I yeah. posted that picture in the Discord. And uh, it was awesome, man. It's just crazy to be like hanging out with people that you, you've hung out in the community for so long online. I heard them on podcasts. Um, we had such an eclectic group. We had like you know, uh, Canadians, uh, people from Quebec. We had, you know, an Aussie at the table. He made top eight, you know, it's like, that's awesome. Uh, Deluca's there. Omnis is there. Chewy's there. The list goes on and on and on. And it's like, it was just a fun way to end the weekend. And of course, uh, it was a whirlwind after that. Cause my, we had to leave the hotel like three in the morning <laughs> to get on, our, to get to our flight. So I'm happy to be here jet lagged and, and still confused and not back in my own time zone, but man, it's fun to share this with you guys. And, uh, we'll cover more LVO content in the future. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest.
Follow the show online. Find us on Twitter at Furious Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Furious Finest. Email us at FuriousFinest at gmail.com with any inquiries or ideas or questions and leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. Thanks to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. And like Jesse said, please help spread the word. Uh, we've been running late, so we're not going to give you the the full spiel, you lucky, lucky people. But uh, we sure do appreciate you guys, and you constantly humble us. Yeah. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll be meeting a lot more of you this year. Yeah, and I can't understate, Chris, the people that I met at LVO that came up to me were like, love the show, love what you guys do. You guys keep me painting, going, enjoying the game. So shout out to all of you that I met this weekend. Um, really means a lot to us. Uh, that keeps us going, especially when we see you in person. So you, can, of course, can find Chris and I online. You can find me, Jesse, Twitter and Instagram at Jesse Aiken, J-S-C-E-A-K-I-N. You also find me on Long Chains with Jesse Aiken, where I just, you know, somehow, Chris, I guess LVO stats and some grace. I got the Headmaster X-Men Award. I'm currently the Headmaster of the X-Men Cult on Longshanks, which is the highest rated X-Men player in Longshanks. I would say congratulations, but you're now uh, the avatar of Charles Xavier, and he is the enemy. He's the bad guy in the X-Men comics, so that kind of sucks. Well, Chris, in my head canon, I'm the animated series Charles or the Fox movies Charles, <laughs> where they completely redid his character. Yeah, you're in, you're incapable of, of being that, that evil Charles. Yeah, I'm the more Patrick Stewart Charles, right? Yeah. Well, congratulations on that, man. Congratulations on all of it, actually. Uh, very, very impressive stuff. Awesome that you did so well at LVO. I knew you would, but yeah, just congratulations. Really, really, really cool stuff. You know, give credit to Chris. He was talking me up before I left because I was like kind of discouraged that, you know, all of our tournaments and game nights fell through and we didn't get any reps. And Chris is like, you know what? Like Chris is like, you understand the game well and you'll do well either way. Of course, there'll be some holes in your strategy. Certainly were. Senators was one of them. But I feel really good about my play and, you know, I'm not really there to win. I'm there to yeah. play well and get some quality time with people, the community. And I got to do that. So I'm happy, but Chris closing this out, where can everyone find you? Find me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, B R U F F E T T. I don't know. Right now I'm trying to cyber bully the Oklahoma city thunder into rebranding. So okay. we can watch that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> goodness. Goodness. Oh, well, there it is. Uh, We hope you guys enjoyed this full LVO recap. We'll, of course, do more stuff on the future, possibly on the main feed, but definitely on After Dark. But until next time, thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. We'll